I think that's the missing link. And that's like the root of it is do we want to do what I think is best or do we want to do what the family wants? Like that, that's it. Cliff was just talking the other day. We're doing like a team training and it's like, you know, the golden rule is treat people how you want to be treated. The platinum rule is treat people how they want to be treated. That's it. You know, we got to get out of the headspace of like, what do I think is best? It's like, it doesn't really matter what you think is best. If the family, you know, if 90% of our families want it this way, like, let's do it. Welcome to the Direct Cremation Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Yamasaki and Will DeMichaelis. Hi, thank you for joining us on the Direct Cremation Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Yamasaki, CEO of Parting Pro. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will DeMichaelis, former manager of the Omega Society, a cremation brand that serves over 4,500 families per year. Today's guest is a fourth-generation funeral service provider. His family business has created quite the funeral service empire in the North Georgia and Central Ohio areas. As the VP of Operations and Marketing of Leaf Cremation, he has helped the business gather over 900 Google reviews with a 4.9 and 5.0 star rating. He's on the board of directors for both the Georgia Cemetery Association, as well as the Southern Cemetery Cremation and Funeral Association. If there was a 30 under 30 in death care, he would definitely make that list. Please welcome today's guest, Pierce Dempsey. Nice. Very flattering, Tyler. Yeah, nice to have you, I mean, it's all true. <laughs> yeah. That's what, we go, that's what we go for with the intros. We, we, Tyler does <laughs> a really good job with this. He does. He does. I'm impressed. Yeah. So I want to get into your personal journey. I know it is a family business and I, I don't want to come talk to you about that. But why don't you tell us about the funeral businesses that the Dempsey family is involved in right now? Yeah, started uh, decades ago, back in the 60s. You know, this is a typical cemetery funeral family. My great grandfather, kind of on a whim, bought three cemeteries from a guy in North Georgia. So since then, you know, my him, my grandfather... My dad grew up in the in mainly the cemetery business, not in a funeral home at all. They were all not combos or anything. They were just standalone cemeteries. So uh, my dad really, really grew them and is very sales minded. Uh, he's much more of a businessman than probably my grandfather, and my great grandfather were. They were, you know, just good old southern country boys. And so my dad kind of took it and saw from a lot of the giants in our industry, you know, like especially in the cemetery industry, you've got like Gary O'Sullivan and down here in Georgia, Jack Frost, guys like that. He learned from them and was mentored by them and grew the cemeteries. He went and worked corporate for not very long for some of the bigger people in our industry. And uh, just he's so much of an entrepreneur. He came back in and, and owned his own cemeteries, which is what we have today. We have three of those cemeteries that are here in the metro Atlanta area. So then I was pretty young when he was when he started back into that. So when I was in high school, he kind of got this vision. He was going to we're, we're big into our state, local, national associations. And so everyone's just all the people can talk about in the early 2000s is cremation. So he, he saw it coming. He saw what what there could be in the cremation market. So 2013, we opened up Cremation Center here in in Northwest Georgia. It was actually originally under the name Georgia Cremation Centers. A few years ago, we, we rebranded to Leaf Cremation because we kind of set our sites outside the state because we, we realized we could serve such a huge area just in Georgia. So yeah. then a few years ago, we opened up our location in, in Columbus, Ohio under Leaf Cremation of Ohio. So yeah, I grew up going to the cemetery and you know that was going to work with that, was, was going to the cemetery. My, we always joke in, in Sunday school, 
my brother would line up the blocks and kids would lay down. He would do them in a rectangle and kids would lay down and he would pray over them, you know, as if they were getting buried. So typical, you know, just like it was normal to us just digging graves and being out there. So yeah, in high school, when, when he opened up the cremation centers is when I really got excited about, you know, maybe after college, I want to come work for the family. Gotcha. Okay. I just felt like what he was doing with cremation was very innovative. Not a ton of people doing exactly what we do. And I also just grew up getting to see the flexibility of a family business and owning your own business and the perks of that. And also just the way that you can help people, not just families that you serve, but the families that work with us. So yeah, I kind of saw that in high school. And then I went to college and my degree is in entrepreneurship and family business. So kind of right online. Oh, nice, man. I wish I had that major. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. All my projects were on like our our business. So it's a lot of fun. It's great. Easy. Yeah, that sounds like a very practical major. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of uh, real life, real life stuff. So yeah, I graduated in 2019 from Auburn University with that degree. My dad nor I are funeral directors. You know, him being in the cemetery as that being his background, he not a funeral director. I didn't really have a desire to be. So, yeah, here we are. I was going to ask if you like knew from a young age if you wanted to be in the business. And it sounds like from your story that you definitely did and that you kind of just really grew into it yourself. That I, I had yeah. a little bit different experience, but that's really cool, man. That's really cool. I knew I wanted to do something. And then when we opened up the cremation business is when I like really saw like, okay, I could do a lot with this. Like I, mm-hmm. it got me, I guess, excited and yeah. I could kind of see my role on the cremation side of things. Especially since the trends were in your favor and you saw, and if you, when you see that you get really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The ceiling, I guess was really high. Yeah. yeah. There isn't one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what specifically about the cremation business excited you versus, you know, the cemetery side? Yeah, I think what we do for our families, the cremation side of things, and just the way that specifically my dad has has just opened the door for us to try new things and just the newness of it. It was almost like you're going, you know, you're in the death care industry, but you get to go work for a startup. Like that's exciting. Right. So just the growth ability, our very forwardness with technology, even, I mean, when I first started, I could just go in and just change anything I wanted. Like, right. you know, my dad didn't care. He just was like, let's try it and see if it works. So whether that's like online forms or new ways of accepting payment, just basic stuff that we could just try out and fail and try again. I think that was what really got me excited rather than doing what most of my friends do, go work in the corporate world and everything that comes with that. I was able just to kind of come in as a whatever 21, 22 year old and mess up a lot of stuff yeah, break stuff yeah fix it and you know yeah heck on. yeah a prerequisite for that is your dad being kind of the man and yeah, <laughs> and you know letting you do that he's like not your your quintessential like you know homeowner he yeah. is like whatever the opposite of a micromanager is like that's him right he's very much just like show me the vision and a lot of times it's his vision but he it's very much just like let me see the big picture and then you just go do it however you want to do it i love it yeah couldn't be better Yeah, that's awesome. That's special. That's really special, especially in an industry that doesn't have a lot of owners and operators that operate that way. That is special. And that gets you to special places faster in this industry, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I talk to a lot of uh, just people in the industry that, you know, their, their dad is the owner 
or even their mom or their their family and their family name is on the side of the building and the parents have a hard time letting that go and letting the kids shine and do their thing and grow it um we do not have that problem that which is why it's not dempsey cremation right it's just leaf cremation and he doesn't mind letting go of the wheel and just let me do my thing kudos to your dad for letting you run and clearly it's paying dividends i wish more people had that kind of startup mentality in Mm -hmm. this industry because there's so much room to grow and push right through those ceilings and Mm -hmm. What I found is that a lot of the limitations of those generations are really based in some sort of fear that changing anything is going to either break their business or somehow make it not theirs anymore to some degree or some combination of those. And we sold our business a little over a year ago, and our price for cremation has gone up 30% with the new owners. And I remember telling my aunt the owner we could afford to charge more and and at that time and that time just asking for like a hundred dollar increase and the Mm. response was like oh we're we might lose cases or you know we might you know be taken off the list of hospices or not get Mm. as many whatever that that fear-based response is and i know that fpg they said screw it we're charging 9.95 and you know I don't think anyone's batting an eye, you know? So, so yeah, kudos to you for running with it and just going for it, man. You should be really proud. Yeah. Thanks. I definitely don't take it for granted. Yeah. And you shouldn't. That's really good, man. That's really good. You should be real proud of yourself. So Pierce, why don't we talk about, I mean, I don't know if you have a lot. I know I have plenty working in a startup, but like, what are some of the things that you maybe tried that didn't go as planned or like that your dad gave you the ability to do and you went and yeah, just didn't just didn't work. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I'll tell you the first thing. You're gonna love this, Tyler. I had just started after college. I mean, I had worked there like summers and winter break, stuff like that. But I was really just coming in after graduation, and I was looking for an online arranger, <laughs> and I found Harding Pro. Right. Mm-hmm. But I really wasn't looking for like a whole CRM platform. Yeah. I really just wanted like a quote calculator. Right. Gotcha. So I pitched it to our team absolutely the wrong way. And we were doing some pretty archaic stuff like using PDFs and stuff. And like looking back, Parting Pro would have been absolutely perfect for what we <laughs> did. But I just sold it the total wrong way. Right. And I didn't understand our process exactly like I do now. And it would have been perfect for us. It was just the way I sold it to the team and the way I thought we were going to use it was really not the best way. That's probably the biggest mess up on our end. And now we use Parting Pro and it's awesome. (laughs) But that was probably the biggest thing like in the first year that I would say. Other than that, I don't don't really know. That's a good question though. I'll probably think of something. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, as good as your idea is in your head, if you can't get your team members on board, it's it's really hard, right? I learned a lot because I was like, I believe this would be really good, but I'm not communicating it in a way that makes sense to everyone. Yeah. That was helpful for me just early on to see that. And That's a learning experience, man. Yeah. That's going to happen. It sounds like you still got a pretty good track record. If that's, if that's the worst thing going, you know? Yeah, there, there's more for sure. I can't think of it, though. Well, but, how, let's, let's balance it out then. What's an experiment that you did that you still use today because it was so good? I would say our texting. We use texting a ton. 
you know, we moved from just texting families off of our cell phones, which is, you know, off of our personal cell phones, which is never a good thing. Yeah. We, you know, got like the business texting and linked it to our landline phone number. And now our teams text like crazy. We text every day. I think I looked last year. I just did a talk on this at the Georgia Cemetery Association. Uh, and I was looking at our statistics. And last year in Georgia and Ohio, we received over 10,000 text messages from families. I mean, we use it all day, all day long. And again, this it's kind of the same thing, like pitching it to the team. It's like, this is another thing you're going to have to keep track of, but you're going to save yourself time on phone calls. It's going to be more convenient for the families. They're going to love it. We're going to be able to communicate so much faster, more convenient, more efficiently. So that went very well. I got a question for you on that. Did you have any counselors or directors that meet with families that were apprehensive about it, thinking that families would think that it's cheapening the experience at all? No. Okay. Okay. Our team is real bought in on the convenience and efficiency mindset. Good. Yeah. They're very bought in. So I think when they, I mean, when they saw like, oh man, I'm going to save myself 10 phone calls a day. It's like, absolutely. Let's do it. And do they, do they all text from their phone now? Or do you have any uh, laptop or uh, desktop interfaces for texting as well? Yeah, so we use Sales Message. It's an app on your phone, on your desktop. It's everywhere. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. I love it, man. At Omega, we had a couple of counselors that were getting great reviews from families and helping a lot more than some other counselors, just helping more families and at the same rate with the same satisfaction. And my brother and I went to them and said, you you know, like, what are you doing? Like, walk us (laughs) through how you like are dealing with these families. And the biggest thing that they were doing that others weren't was relying heavily on text messaging for the families that were very comfortable with it. If a family, she says, if a family is comfortable with it, I'm going to text them these updates at these points in the process. They say, thank you. They love me. Saves me probably 30 minutes a day of, Mm -hmm. of phone work, which usually you have to call. They don't answer. You leave a voicemail. Then they call. You're on the phone. They yep. have to leave. Them, you're playing yep. phone tag, text message. They get it. They read it. They comprehend it. They respond when they can. Saves a lot of back and forth and a lot of unnecessary work. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. It's a win-win. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I think the fear is that I haven't heard it necessarily in our company, but I have heard it outside of people saying, you know, it's it's unprofessional or, yeah, it's you know cheapening the service and it's not the case. The families uh, love it. The families they, I mean, absolutely think love it's it. Great. Yeah. yeah. There's a, I think a lag with the professionals believing that the process has to go a certain way and that they overvalue the phone call. I don't know how that changed or how quickly that changed, probably very quickly. But from my point of view is most families are totally fine getting a text message. And a lot of them are even happier getting a text message rather than a phone call. And it's about meeting the customer where they are and not what you think is valuable. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. Yeah. I think that's the missing link. And that's like the root of it is do do we want to do what I think is best or do we want to do what the family wants? That's it. That's it. Cliff was just talking the other day. We're doing like a team training and it's like, you know, the golden rule is treat people how you want to be treated. The platinum rule is treat people how they want to be treated. That's it. That's it. You know, we got to get out of the headspace of like, yeah. what's what do, what do I think is best? It's like, yeah. it doesn't really matter what you think is best. If the family, you know, if 90% of our families want it this way, like, let's do it. 
Right. That's really great advice. And I think, uh, you know, we've talked to other professionals who are like vendors and trainers and stuff like that. And I think it just must be a testament to not only how you hire, but how you train and create a culture in your business, because you'd be surprised at how many owners don't know what their funeral directors are doing. They just kind of hire them and let them do whatever. And everyone's on a different process. So depending on which funeral director answers the phone or is there when you walk in, you're going to get a completely different experience from, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the next one. And I think uh, having a consistent process is very important to maintaining quality and maintaining, you know, structure within a business. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. It's one of the things we're working on right now is training and just we're building out kind of like an online little platform for with our own training that we're going to kind of build in house. But it's like, it's all centered around that. Like, let's make sure that every family is getting the same quality of service. Because You know, we're, we're a small business. And, you know, a lot of times you hire someone and it's like, hey, go sit in Brian's office for two weeks and figure out what he does and then go do that. Yeah, just like he does. Yeah. And, uh, right. And like that works sometimes. But we need to, we just are trying to refine that. And it ends up, you know, you put in the brunt work on the front end to build the training and everything. But then once you get it done, it's it pays dividends. Yeah, especially it pays dividends because you're going to get a overall higher level of satisfaction from customers. And it makes managing a lot easier. And if you have any issues with families, you can say, well, I know that if they were taking a first call, I know that they express their condolences first. I know that they went through these questions because that's what they're trained to do so that you can kind of maybe filter out what the problem is a bit faster just because you don't have to go start at zero saying, I have no idea how this conversation went. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it gives a level of accountability. We tell everyone all the time, like we're going to give you constructive feedback. You know, you're not going to come here and just never hear anything from us. We're going to give you constructive feedback because we have a belief that everyone wants to be excellent. And right. if you don't want that, I mean, you just need to, you should move on and go work <laughs> somewhere else. But, you know, 99% of people really want to be great at what they do. So therefore, I'm going to give you some feedback. And if we have a training based on that, and you're not doing what the training says, well, I can come to you and say, hey, you know, this is what we learned. And let's make sure we're doing it. And no yeah. one's offended by that. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. I, I didn't even know I was saying that, or I didn't know I was talking that way or whatever. And again, I would give you kudos for creating a culture where that's not only accepted, but welcomed. So that's good for your business, man. Long-term. It's hard. It's a, it's a yeah, work in progress. It's not, sure. not perfected by any means. Yeah, yeah, no. And it, it'll always be a work in progress for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's what you signed up for, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 That's exactly. the fun part. Yeah, yeah exactly. Always exactly. working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've talked to a lot of or, you know, I've talked to a lot of successful funeral homes and owners and, you know, everyone kind of has their own reasons why they think their business is successful. Like, what do you think makes Leaf Cremation stand out amongst the ever-growing and competitive landscape of affordable cremations? Mm-hmm. From the beginning, we have had the mindset that you can utilize technology to an extent, but there's an area where the human factor has to be a part of what we do because we're talking about someone's family member, someone's mom or grandmother or dad or brother. And there needs to be a human element that is central to the experience. And I think that's kind of the mindset we've taken the whole time. And so, yeah, you're not going to come to us and, you know, you can do everything online. You can never speak to anyone, but 
almost every single time you're going to talk to someone, one individual person, it's going to walk you through the whole process. I mean, if you look at our reviews, most of them are naming the person that they worked with. Like, that's what we want. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even if you're, you know, we're a low cost brand, you know, we're affordable, but the service is absolutely excellent. And because being compassionate, showing dignity and care doesn't cost yeah. anything. Yeah. And that's just getting the right people. So I think that's huge. And I think just our mindset of putting the customer first and because I guess how we started, you know, we we're doing something brand new at the time. Now there's plenty of, you know, low cost cremation businesses out there. But at the time, you know, we, we didn't know what in the world we were doing. My dad talks about going on the, the first call that he went on and like the ladies upstairs and like he genuinely, he'd never been on a call. He genuinely did not know how to get her downstairs. And you just learn as you go. And that's kind of how we've taken it. We've learned a ton, but just kind of, I think that that mindset of let's act like we know nothing and let's just go learn from the best and the best way to do it for our model. It may not be the best for everyone, but let's figure out like what matters to us, serving the families well, keeping our, our prices down and serving a lot of families and figure out what we can do to center around that. I think you kind of have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. And then you can make business decisions based off that, not just, oh, this is how we've always done it. Right. Sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of similarities to what you mentioned and what Will has talked about at Omega too. I think yeah. uh, the oh, technology yeah, thing. Yeah. Even as someone who's running a business that tries to do online stuff, mm -hmm. I think that we view ourselves as more of a tool than a mm -hmm. replacement. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be a replaceable thing to show emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to settle right into that middle ground. It's saying like technology, I love it. Technology is going to help us help our team leverage their time to help more families with compassion, with empathy, and with the same level of touch points that they need to feel yeah. taken care of, but through a text message, not a call, you know, and, and meeting right. that family where they are mm -hmm. and being having the humility enough to understand that you can offer all of it, you know, any f people that need TLC and need to be on the phone for, you know, 20 minutes a day, you can do that when the other like eight families that you're helping are right. fine with the, Hey, like this is where we are with the text message and kind mm -hmm. of saying, Oh wow, that's actually beautiful is that we have this, all these tools in our toolkit to meet everyone where they are and not have to exactly. kind of like force people down a certain funnel. Right. And I think a lot of times we serve all kinds of families, but the, the type of family that's going to want to sit down and do a four hour long arrangement conference and wants nothing to do with technology, they're probably not choosing us in the first place. They are a lot of times. Sure. But, you know, a family that's going to want to do that probably isn't going to choose the 995 cremation. They're probably going to go down the street and pay, you know, eight, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 for the full fledged funeral and get that six hour long arrangement conference and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. It's just a different kind of consumer and you just have to figure out how you're going to play into that. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I see you on LinkedIn a lot. You know, you present at different shows, sometimes talking about some of the stuff we're talking about now, but talking about how you've made your businesses successful. And a lot of times you're probably talking to your competitors, right? And also, you know, you're, we don't have many owners on, on this show mainly because one, not everyone wants to share and give away secrets, I guess they oh, say yeah. it, you know, 
But why do you think it's important to speak publicly about these things and maybe even giving information to competitors that, you know, what what allows you to be comfortable in, in being able to do that? I mean, I think I grew up going to all these shows, right? Like, I remember as just a kid running around and grabbing all the bouncy balls and the candy and <laughs> going around the, tr- the trade shows and just, you know, taking off little knickknacks. So, I mean, my, my dad has always been a proponent of just giving out and educating everyone on, on best practices. It's kind of like when, you know, when the floodwaters rise, all the boats rise, right? right? It's kind of that mentality of if we all do things in our industry, if we all do it a little bit better then our perception to the public is going to be, you know, just a little bit better. And if we do that over and over and over, it can make a dramatic impact because, you know, we're, we're trying to get families to come in and pre-plan, you know, we're trying to get people to just come in our door in an at need situation with a perception that thinks of our industry highly, right? Cause that's always better. So I think part of it is looking big picture and just thinking about just our industry as a whole. We also, I think it helps that we know a lot of these, our competitors personally. Nice. And when you can humanize your competitor, that helps a little bit. And lastly, just what we do is such a niche little market. You know, we're not like a traditional funeral home. We're not even a low cost funeral, right? Like we're, we're just doing the cremation. And so we're very, very willing to send people down the street even to the low cost funeral provider because they do a great job at that. So I think the reality is, is that I am going to try to beat you marketing. I'm going to try to beat you on Google and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to just like sharing best practices, I think it's just good for everyone. And we were kind of talking before this, 99% of what you say is probably not going to get done. But if people can take what I'm saying and and apply it to their business individually, they're probably not going to do exactly what we do. They're going to alter it a little bit to fit their business model. And I like, I think that's what it's about just finding nuggets for people and letting them do it their way because each business is so different and we serve families in the same way, but, but pretty differently from funeral home to funeral home and cemetery to cemetery. So I think if I give you all of my secrets, you're going to take them and you're going to alter them and do it differently for your business. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. 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 In the startup world, they say that ideas are like a dime a dozen because it's really about execution. So I can right. pretty much give you every secret and idea I have, but it's really who's going to outperform and who's going to outcompete yeah. on execution. Yeah, exactly so right. you guys have definitely done a good job with that. And can I tell you, Pierce, I, I looked over your website and can I tell you my favorite part of your website? Oh, please. It is the price comparison table. Yeah. This is a what I would consider in the industry to most people a ruthless marketing tactic. However, it is my favorite. <laughs> it's such a winner, man. And I like actually how you laid it out. It's, we did the same thing with uh, our website. Yeah. Uh, like a comparison. We did it with like, we compared a few other brands, but I actually like your simplicity more uh, just with like comparing the two others. Keeps mm-hmm. it nice, easy, simple with uh, all of your value propositions in one table, yeah. man. Right. And, and, and most of them are check marks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. What's, yeah, what's really absolutely. interesting is you're not even the cheapest one on your own chart. Yeah. 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 And I love, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Kudos to you there, man. That's one of the things we believe in is that we don't have to be the cheapest. I know that we, we always talk about like the, the race to the bottom, but we're going to be as affordable as we think that we need to be and listen to our families and see what they're saying and try to be as a package that's all inclusive 
try to not have any add-ons, right? Yeah. And then just let our quality of service do the rest. Yeah, man. I absolutely love this table. And I think that's an interesting point that you meant about like that race to the bottom. I think that we've kind of like in market structures, you have like a dead cat bounce. Like Mm -hmm. the industry might be like dead cat bouncing up to like that, like Mm -hmm. $900 to $1,200 range. Our direct cremation price at Omega for local uh, removal was like under $700. Yeah. I mean, but it, it came with a lot of work. You know, and there yeah. were still decent, decent margins, which was all good and fine and great. I have a question about your removal. And mm-hmm. if you can share something that you find successful in your maybe hiring or operations with removals, because it can't be easy doing all your own removals within a 75 mile radius and making sure that that works well. Like that's a, that's a big radius. Yeah. How do you manage that? Part of it is just the geography. Okay. You kind of have to choose that number based on, you know, where you're driving. Probably a lot of places in like California, you probably couldn't do that because it would take three hours to get across town, right? Right, right. Traffic burn. Right. <laughs> no, this is one of the hardest things is is hiring and training and, and getting those people. I think we, hiring-wise, we're, we're competitive with the removal companies. Okay. Um, they... Our team tends to like, we're, you know, we're pretty laid back people. You don't have to wear a three-piece suit. We dress nicely. You're not wearing, you know, jeans and a t-shirt, right? Good, good, nice. We're dressing professionally, just not in a, in a suit. Yeah. So people like the laid back nature of it. Um, and that we, we let them own the position and do it to the best of their ability. We're going to train them our way. But honestly, we haven't really, we've been 75 miles since we opened. And even the, our, our transport drivers don't even bat an eye. They're just like, oh yeah, of course we're going to go. So I don't know if we've ever even, I don't know any different. So it just seems like this is what we do and no one really, really questions it. We, you know, we pay based on the mileage. So if it's in town versus out of town. That's how you pay your drivers. Yes. Okay, cool. All right. All right. We recently changed it and, and bumped up the pay. You know, you can look at, where your calls are coming from and, and get an average of the distance and everything. But yeah, so, uh, oh, that's great. Our team likes it. I mean, it's because they're not coming in and waiting for embalming or going to a care center. Like they're, they're just, they're, they're going up out and taking someone into their care and driving them directly back to our facility. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is like, I don't think anything of it because this is all that I know. Right. And it sounds like if you're proactively doing that analysis, and then do, given pay bumps, that, that's, I mean, that's not exactly the norm. I don't think for the industry, I think a lot of folks try to keep their costs low and they may ignore that type of analysis. But if you're proactive about that, that's a, that's a good management style and great for your retention, I would imagine, for the drivers. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we actually just recently, we used to have three tiers, zero to 25 miles, 50 to 75, or zero to 25, 25 to 50. 50 to 75, mm-hmm. three different pay ranges. And then you go over 75 and you can make more Okay, at a per mile yeah. cost. Um, we recently actually just bumped everyone up to the 75, no matter where it is. Cool, man. During COVID specifically, and you know, it's hard to find people. Sure. So we kind of went all out and we're like, yeah. let's just pay on the high end and get really good people. Yeah. So we did that. Right now, we do a daytime and a nighttime pay. So that's the difference okay. in the pays. 
Okay. Because it's hard. It's hard to find people that want to work at, at 3 a.m. You know, yeah, give up definitely. all their nights of the week. Yeah. Uh, and then in Ohio, I think we're we're testing out doing some additional pay on the weekends because everyone wants to work nine to five Monday to Friday. Sure. So uh, paying people a little bit extra to do those, you know, those Saturday runs. You know, I think it, we've changed a lot. We're always tinkering with that side of things, our removals. But I think we're we're getting close to being exactly where we want to be. That's great. You got to tinker with stuff. And especially it's not an easy position at all. And one of the themes that Tyler and I have experienced with our other guests is a lot, a lot of workforce retention issues. And it is worth it, I think, to manage that proactively Mm -hmm. with exactly what you're doing. Keep doing the analysis of where these calls are coming from. Make sure that people feel compensated for the work that they're doing, because what are you going to do if they quit? You know, that's, right. that's a hole. That's a, re- that's a really, and a hard hole to fill because it's a hard job, you know? Yeah. So it, it really pays dividends to have good people who like working for you. Right. When someone that we really like and, and want to stick with us, when they leave, we start questioning everything. Yeah. You know? yeah. What did we do? Why are they leaving us? Where are they going? So yeah, I think during COVID, it was eye-opening, on, especially on this side of things because they were working their tails off. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, you saw it. Oh, it's brutal. These, these people were, you know, 24 hours just working their butts off. And, you know, we try to compensate them for it because it's it's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see what you guys are like as employers because, I mean, you guys have been able to be successful on the funeral home side, on the cremation side. But even some of the largest companies around that I've talked to, they use a transportation service for a percentage of their pickups like yeah yeah for you guys to have your own is sounds like a lot of work <laughs> yeah it is uh we we're before this we, we were discussing it i mean yeah it's 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 hard um we're very committed to it mm-hmm. we like to do as much as we can in-house and that is such a important part of the family's journey with us we need it to be exactly right um, and we try to do some extra things during that removal to to make it important and meaningful to the family. I mean, especially for us, you know, most of our families are not coming in person. So that driver that meets the family, they may be the only person the family ever sees right. or speaks with to in person. Right. And even if they're not, even if they are coming in, you know, however long later to, to pick up the cremated remains to take home, you know, there's a three, five week long gap where they are not seeing anyone other than that removal driver. Yeah, it's an important part of the process. I, we do not like to give up that because it's, it's just so, it's so important. It makes it, you know, yeah. I, I always say like that first contact is yours to, you know, build or ruin. Like yeah. it's either in that first contact, you're either like creating a one or two star experience that you're going to have to claw back or you're creating a, five-star experience that's yours right. to that's yours to lose in the future and it's a lot harder to claw back from a two-star experience than it is to kind of ruin a five-star if that's where it starts yeah, yeah and we we try to praise our transport team so much because of that like you know i think they can a lot of times get pushed to the background you know and they're they're doing stuff at night and we don't yeah. see them and we try to praise them constantly um we get reviews that talk about them Oh man, that's great. And it's mm. like you can't mess up that that piece of it because it's a it's a first impression, you know? Yeah. 
that's really good because a lot of times those families can be like kind of glossed over on renewals mm-hmm. and to for them to even remember oh, that yeah. experience it, it must be really meaningful yeah that's great so let's talk about your reviews i think collectively you probably surpassing omega society which is congrats <laughs> which is yeah no small feat how did you get so many like what it <laughs> I, I i mean good work obviously yeah we we ask every single person uh via text we uh, you know I, I don't know the exact length of time afterwards some weeks after the cremation we literally text every single family and ask them to give us a google review if there's a specific family that had a really hard time we'll maybe not text them i mean i think in the last this whole year i have not removed anyone yeah. from the list so i mean we we are very persistent about texting every single family and ask them to give us a review it's that i mean nothing yeah. nothing really to it yeah. just send them the link you gotta send them the link we'll yeah. just ask yeah. them go give me a review but give them the link yeah. and then uh yeah hopefully they'll go do it secret sauce right there that's is it. that a is it a custom <laughs> message that you know of or is it just like a standard message from a like a service that sends after yeah, it, yeah. it's from a service so you okay. know they get some text before it's going to use their name and it comes from a local number nice. so um nice. it's not yeah it, it it feels very personal and cool, you know it's a real person texting them back if they respond and stuff like that so um it doesn't feel like a robot or anything it's it, it's very personal uses their name and uses our name and the person they worked with um with us nice. and then yeah simple as that just just ask them if they give you a review awesome so and we've also talked a lot to people on this uh, on this podcast about answering the phones as you know like you said when the families don't you know ever see you guys or ever come mm-hmm. in we find that the phone is probably one of the most just like the transportation staff like they're yep. one of the that has to be one of the most important vital things to the success of your business so do you answer your own phones 24 7 um and who answers the phones in, in your business do you have a phone staff or yeah those two things i mean you're exactly right like removals and answering the phone is like the two <laughs> two top tier things for us as far as customer experience we use an answering service after hours and on the weekend but when we're in the office, Monday to Friday, we're answering the phones all day long. The people that answer the phones for us is pretty much all of our office staff, our crematory operators, even if we need them, uh, they know our business well enough to, to pick up the phones. But generally speaking, uh, it's going to be our arrangers, you know, our yeah. cremation arrangers that are meeting with families all day. So they're obviously going to be picking up the phones and then have an administrative assistant that's going to be trying to field those those phone calls first. And our admin assistant, that does not do justice to the role. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work and, and they're incredible on the phone. Um, it's more of a customer experience person. Right. We have very high expectations for everyone on the phone. That, you know, you've got to know our pricing down pat. You've got to know words we say and don't say. And again, we're always tinkering. So like we're always trying new things. Can we say this word instead of that phrase? Things like that. So we have pretty high expectations for how our phone calls go because mm-hmm. so much of our, yep. our work is done on the phones. So yeah, pretty much everyone in the office is answering the phones. Yeah, there's a lot of phone calls coming in. So, But, but everyone's trained and we're not like, we're very careful of, of who we just let start answering you the phones. It. You're going to be 
well-versed before you start picking it up and talking to families. What's a negative keyword that you guys have replaced over the course of the years? Uh, recently, uh, just last week, we were discussing, you know, we're calling people, telling them your mom's ready, uh, the cremation's taking place. We would say your mom is ready to be picked up. So we've just changed that to, you know, your mom's ready to be taken home. Right. It's, it's, it's small stuff like that. No, it's huge. It's huge. I, I've gotten mul- multiple families saying, I'm not picking up a package. I'm not going to UPS. Yep. You know, and you're like, oh, pizza. that is a, that is, that is a great point, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't, I mean, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and it was, it was awesome. Like uh, our admin assistant, again, that's not a good enough title for her, but she sent out a blast email to everyone. It was like, never say this again. This is what we're going to say from now on. So, they really own it. They, like I said earlier, like they want to be absolutely excellent at what they do, which is, yeah, it's, you got to get the right people. There's a lot of buy-in to being, to being great and saying the right things and giving families the right, the right level of service. But yeah, small words like that make a huge difference. Huge difference. And then once, I mean, once they're implemented, you know, you've really solved so many issues Mm -hmm. that could just, as you made it a non-issue, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So what's next for Leaf? I mean, I think for you, it sounds like there's probably a lot of stuff you still want to accomplish and do. I think Leaf will probably be a really good vehicle for you to do all that. So, you know, what's what's coming up for you personally? For me personally, or the or or Leaf or within both? Leaf, yeah, yeah. I think we we have other areas that we have our eyes set on. There's always that. And so there's always that sort of growth, which is big growth. You know, we, we try to build from the ground up, do everything ourselves and have our own building and everything like that. So that's always something that we're looking at pretty constantly. Uh, right now, we're really um, just honing in on getting the right people. We've been playing with some different models as far as staffing goes. And, you know, how do we need to arrange you know, the way that our office is set up people wise? And just really trying to work internally. I think that's what we're doing right now is, is building a culture that has really good training and that our, our pro- we're trying to refine our processes right now. I feel like that's kind of our big process. It sounds so boring, but I, I love it. No, it's great. No. You know, changing something small, like the phrases we use, our training and things like that, and then seeing how they play out with our families is, is super rewarding. So I feel like right now we're kind of in a season of just getting a lot better every day. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we've talked to a lot of cremation companies over the years. And there's a big difference when you try to implement something and how you see it implemented within the business on how successful those businesses are. There's like a really direct correlation. You say it's boring, but I actually think that's the most essential thing of training, yeah. getting yeah. the right staff and making sure everyone's bought in to how successful your business is going to be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can have the lowest price, you can have the right market. And if you're not executing and you're not training and, and getting everyone on the same page, your business is not going to take off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've seen that time and time again. But then we've also seen, you know, Omega Society or Leaf or these big, massive ones where there's an entire training and accountability element to it. Everyone knows what they're doing, what they're accountable for. And the reviews show usually on how good it is. So yeah, um, um, yeah hats off to you. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, kudos. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Um, do you like public speaking? <laughs> I like it. I don't love it. Yeah. 
I saw you were you just recently spoke at the uh, cemetery conference. Yeah, the Georgia Cemetery Association. We had a nice nice convention. It's a small crowd. We all know each other, and it's a good it's a good group. We had a packed house of vendors and everything. It was a good convention. I enjoy it. I, I like it. Don't love it, but I like it. <laughs> Heard that. Same here, but I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you think death care looks like in the next 10 years? Yes, the the question. (laughs) I think uh, there's going to be, we already see it coming, and we're looking at ways that we can adapt to this and use this for our benefit. But I think you are going to see a lot more people being more comfortable having services outside of a funeral home. We already see it, right? It's, it's already yeah. happening, yeah. but I do think it's going to continue to grow. And I think more of those venues are going to start marketing to that. Like right now, your hotels don't necessarily, or your wedding venues don't necessarily market mm-hmm. to have a celebration of life service. Yeah. I think I think something like that might change yeah. um, as they see the market. We've talked to people locally, wedding venues, things like that. And they're kind of shocked and excited about the idea of having some revenue generated on a Tuesday afternoon. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's something uh, I do think we're going to, again, it keeps happening, but I think we're going to see a larger shift of, of funeral homes and cremation providers and cemeteries being more focused on the consumer and not just so focused on protecting the tradition and protecting what we've always known. I think I think we're just going to keep seeing that and that, that that can be through, you know, people texting people, yeah. people you implementing technology, owning things like that, owning pricing on websites. And uh, I'm not talking about the FTC. I'm just talking (laughs) about general transparency. (laughs) I listened to that episode. We don't have to get into that. (laughs) I just see a lot of of stuff in our industry that's very focused on this is the right way to do it. This is the only way to do it. And I think we're going to see that change. I think we're going to see businesses and funeral homes just want to serve the customer more rather than being so focused on on protecting what we've always had yeah does that make sense yeah like a natural progression of the transparency because if you're once you once you build that expectation of transparency the customers are going to be like you're meant to serve me not tell me what i want right yeah right yeah okay i see that how long do you think it will take for because i don't think this is a secret but i think the general view of the funeral director and the funeral home is not ultimately positive right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I don't know much about a funeral director or a funeral home and I yep. go in there, I'm going to go in there defensive and thinking that you're about to rip us off. Right. How do you think we shake that? And how long do you think that takes? I mean, one thing that we do is, you know, a lot of people choose us and they'll say, well, I chose you because I didn't want to go to a funeral home. It's like, well, we are a licensed funeral home. <laughs> so you did choose a funeral home. Got it. Uh, little did you know. But uh, th- just the, the, I think, honestly, changing the name funeral director, like a lot of times, uh, our funeral directors, we, you know, we appreciate their title and everything they've done to get it. But a lot of times we'll just call them cremation specialists or something yeah. like that. I honestly think a lot of changing the perception is, uh, you know, maybe we can't do that right away. For our families, but if they work with someone, have a great experience, and it's like, I'm a funeral director, right? And they had a great experience with you. I think that's part of it is just giving families great experiences and letting them know I am a licensed funeral director. You know, we're a funeral home. I think it's just giving people great experiences over and over and over. 
Yeah. If you do that enough times and things can change. Yeah. Yeah. What was the second part of your question? How long it'll take. But oh. I mean, that's just going to be a natural progression. Yeah. It's the never, yeah. It's the never ending story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think every industry has those kind of struggles. Like every industry has kind of its thing that it can't shape in the public perception. But yeah, I think it goes back to what, you know, where are we going to be in 10 years? I think it's if we can just focus more on the families we serve and less on, you know, our building and who we are, I think that that goes a long way in, in the eyes of the consumer. Yeah. So when are you going to hire your first event planner? <laughs> I don't know. See, these are things you got to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome, man. It's coming. Well, when you do and you throw your first, uh, you know, celebration of life at a Four Seasons or something, let us know how it goes. Well, we will. Yeah. yeah. yeah love to hear wait. about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pierce. It was really good talking to you. It was really insightful for the things that you shared. I kind of hope and wish that this becomes a norm where, you know, successful companies are willing to kind of talk about what they do because, you know, like we talked about before, it's, it's not necessarily about the idea because normal good business practices are already out there. It's just about making sure that they're implemented throughout the business. So where can people find you? Maybe go ahead and look at that. Uh, we'll go ahead and link your websites, but where, where can people reach out to you if they want? Yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Pierce Dempsey. Uh, on our website, you'll get my email. If you email me anytime, I'll I'll respond. You can also just call one of our offices and ask for me, and they'll they'll get you to me. So pretty open. Uh, I'll I'll talk to anybody. That's awesome, man. Cool. So that is leafcremation.com. That's right. Leafcremation.com, like a leaf on a tree. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, thank you very much, Pierce, for joining us today. It was a good one for. Will DeMichaelis, I'm Tyler Yamasaki, and this is the Recommission Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Appreciate it, guys. Take it easy. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you ever want to know more, please find us at directcremation.com. 